the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today I'm pleased to welcome to my couch Holly Halstrom. She is the red-headed Barker beauty on The Price is Right, well, she has been, <laughs> for uh, from 1977 to 1995. And I'm not only putting her on the couch, but uh, The Price is Right itself and Bob Barker, against whom Holly has just fought and won a 10-year battle uh, because of discrimination in the workplace. And this is a wonderful story of David versus Goliath, and it's nice when the little guy can win, especially in legal situations where, quite frankly, uh, wearing my hat as an expert witness, um, unfortunately I've seen may, way too many cases where uh, so much of it has to do with just how much money you can keep paying to your lawyers uh-huh. and not who's right. So, Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Here I am on the couch. Huh? <laughs> well, um, why don't we start, actually, before prices, right? I mean, I think you did have a life before. There was life before and I was after. born and then I was cast on the show. It's exactly. Simple. Yeah, yeah. Your mother sent in a baby picture and <laughs> they knew. Um, how does one, I mean, I was thinking about this, how does one, uh, I mean, when you were a little girl, like, did you, did you envision yourself? Did in, I dream in... of growing up to be a game show model? Exactly. <laughs> no, not quite. Actually, when I was a little girl, I believe there were only, I, I think there was only one well-known game show model at the time. That was, of course, Carol Merrill from uh, Let's Make a Deal. Hmm. Uh, I think when I started on uh, Price, there were only about, oh, I don't know, six game show models in total. That would be um, the three of us on Price, uh, C.V. Auberg from the Gong Show, and um, perhaps Carol Merrill was still there. I don't know, but it was, it was a very rare job, let me tell you. So if you were going to... Get a job on a game show as a game show model. It was there was like one in six chances, you know. Uh huh. And well, where where did you grow up? I I was born and raised in Texas, and then I um, my parents moved us to the San Francisco Bay Area when I was uh, just I think going into uh, junior high or middle school as they call it now. Yes, yeah, so. Yes, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area during the late 60s and early 70s. Now, how fun was that? <laughs> a lot of fun, I'm sure. Ooh, it's amazing yeah. that you got any job at all. <laughs> well, yeah. well, it was actually, I was too young, really, to go, you know, be in San Francisco during the heyday and the uh-huh. marching and the People's Park and everything. And my parents totally, 
forbid me to go to the city. So, of course, I went every chance I could get a ride. And um, I hate to say it. Uh, well, I don't hate to say it, but I do believe that it, it had such a profound impact on the person I would become. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the person I would become who stood up and defied Bob Barker. Yes, you know, that's a, that's a very interesting point. Because, yeah, because I learned that we, we can, as, as citizens of a democracy, we can stand up, speak out, you know, shout out, whatever. We have rights. And when it, someone challenged my rights, I, um, I stuck by them. Yes, yes, that is actually very interesting how that kind of came around because, um, one of the things that we'll talk about as we sort of go over the history of this, this 10-year history mm-hmm. of the lawsuit, um, is the fact that you held out for your freedom of speech and the fact that you yeah. even went up against the little guy going up against, you know, the, the, uh, not only Bob Barker, but the show and the, um, and a battalion of, not just an army, a battalion of lawyers. I mean, we would go into court, Carol, and there would be my, my attorney, Nick Alden, and myself sitting at one table. And on the other side of the courtroom, <laughs> the whole the whole first three rows would be filled with Paul Parker's attorneys. I mean, it was just dozens of them. It wow. was scary. It was very scary. Well, before we get into that, um, so when you were growing up, did you was your plan to be an actress, or how did you actually... Well... Actually, um, no. Uh, my my first choice was to be a professional ski bum, but um, that that wasn't really panning out. And I was actually going to college uh, studying biology. I wanted to be a research biologist, mm. and um, but I was nearly six feet tall, and I was a total tomboy. And my parents, who were and especially my mother, who is very Southern, said, no, Holly, you must go to finishing school. Hmm. And I definitely did need finishing. <laughs> I was pretty wild around the edges. And um, at the part of the curriculum of the school was there was, uh, you took a course in modeling, how to walk and how to, you know, talk and everything. And then there was a um, uh, citywide model of the year contest. Hmm. And I ended up winning it ironically, because I was the worst student they ever had at the school, which the dean of girls did tell me that. (laughs) You are the worst student we've ever had. And I ended up winning it, and the next thing I knew, uh, local agents were calling, and I signed with an agency, and I started modeling. And and, uh, every time I would do a, a, I just call it a gig, a gig with... uh, some out-of-town models, they'd say, oh, gosh, you know, you've got to go to L.A. and get into commercials because that's where all the money is. So one one summer on a, you know, break from school, I went to L.A. And uh, while I was there, I heard about the auditions for this game show, which I had mm-hmm. never seen. I, I actually had to go to a department store and watch <laughs> in the television department and, um, you know, uh, ended up getting an interview and, and six weeks of callbacks, and then I was cast on it. And so I quit college and huh. became a game show model. You know, biology <laughs> to game show, it's an obvious segue, you know? Well, you were handling some products that I guess had some biological <laughs> aspects to yes. them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, that's, that's, you 
you know, it's interesting how we sort of start off on one path and wind up um, not necessarily where we thought we were going. Definitely not. So, <laughs> so okay, so you worked there for 10 years, and during that time... Well, I was there for um, 19. I'm just, sorry. Just short of that gold watch, Dr. Carroll. That's right. Wait, I was looking... Yeah, right. 77 to 95. Sorry, that's... Uh, uh, 18 years. Well, I actually started auditioning at the end of 76 and um, was cast, I believe, the first of 77. Okay, so 18, I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. time. It's the only um, grown-up job I ever had. <laughs> well, you know, I wonder what, um, what, uh, what made you stay there? I mean, did you find it, um, did you... Cushy, well-paying, easy, <laughs> great schedule, <laughs> lots of time off. Yeah, all of that. Yes, um, I always, I, I always thought that you know the show would go off the air and I'd go back and and uh, get my degree. Huh. But the show just kept going and going, <laughs> and and then pretty soon, you know, I bought a house. Now I have a mortgage, and I'm not going anywhere. You know. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. That's interesting. Well, you must have found things to do outside of work to. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking that if you, if you were a bio major, mm-hmm. that maybe that your mind needed a little more expansion than perhaps what it was getting on the show. Well, I did. I studied um, just on my own, and I actually took. I did take some classes uh, uh, in nutrition, and holistics, and alternative therapies. I studied. Um, uh, family system psychology, child care and development. That's because I was dating a, a guy who had custody of a three-year-old boy, and I didn't want to do anything to screw him up. So <laughs> uh-huh. I uh, started studying child care and development. Um, I also would um, buy and remodel houses. And uh, what else did I do? Oh, I was... Very active, you know, I was still a sociopolitical activist and I was busy, you know, trying to overthrow the government nonviolently. I was busy and I was still mm. trying to become a world class skier. <laughs> mm. Okay. Okay, so there you were, happy as a clam, doing all of these things in addition to the show and, and uh, paying off your mortgage. Oh, when... excuse me, I forgot. I, I also did do some other shows and a couple of movies, so huh. I forgot about that part. So you were able to you were able to do that too. It wasn't an exclusive. Uh... No, and it was great. After a, after a few years on the show, um, producers or directors, whatever, would just call me and say, you know, I've been watching you. I really yeah. like your this, and and just put me in there in there. Uh, you know, a couple of pilots or a little bit in the movie, and and that was really fun. But I have to tell you, I really really loved. Um, price because of the live audience hmm. uh, aspect, which, you know, when you're a shameless ham, as I am, and a clown and, you know, everything else, you love a live audience. Hmm. And uh, I found movie making unbelievably tediously boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I remember the last movie I did, my time call was for 6.30 in the morning. I was made up hair wardrobe camera ready by I think it was eight o'clock and I didn't shoot my scene until seven thirty that night. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the fascinating, exciting world of movie making. So I really did love uh make doing price and it was a great schedule. You know, we only worked three days a week for nine mm. months out of the year. Mm. Can't beat that. Mm. 
And therefore, when in 1995 um, you were told that, uh, well, we'll get into what you were told when we come back from this break, but um, it was all of a sudden, it was something that you didn't want to hear at that time. So we On won't... so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we come back, we will hear more about that. My guest today is Hallie, Holly Halstrom. She, you probably have all seen her on The Price is Right um, after her being there for 18 or 19 years. And uh, she was the red-headed pretty one. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and we'll hear more about uh, the less pretty side of The Price is Right when we get back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo, two more authors join us. Barbara Hambly is up first to talk about Circle of the Moon, and then Michelle Welch talks with us in studio about Chasing Fire. That's this week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo. That's the Dragon Page, every Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we have The Price is Right on the Couch along with 
Holly Hallstrom, uh, the red-headed Barker beauty who uh, has been in a 10-year legal tangle. And just before the break, we I left you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> she was just about to go from um, uh, Gerber baby food to... <laughs> <laughs> to what happened with Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, that's the question, isn't it? So why don't you, uh, I, I, I guess the first thing is... Um, Where do I start? Well, after it was 1995, 18, 19 years after you had started on The Price is Right, and my question is, did you see something that was kind of wrong? That was, Did you get an icky feeling that something was going to be coming something. down? Yes, um, yes. There, w- there was a warp in the force, and you could definitely feel it. The dark, the dark side was coming through. Actually, what happened, Carol, was um, uh, Barker um, began a sexual relationship with another one of the models on mm. the show, and uh, she eventually would sue him for sexually harassing her. And at that time. He came to me and told me that he was having his uh, he was having TV interviews, and talk shows, and print interviews set up for me to go on and to and that I was to specifically to say that this woman Diane was a liar, that she hmm. was lying, that you know Bob was a great guy and he would never do this. Well, you know. I found the whole situation tacky, quite frankly, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so I kind of passively uh, refused to to participate in it, which is not, you know, looking back now, is obviously not a good thing to... Well, what, what year was that? That was in uh, 93, I believe. Okay. So... But um uh and then from there it just kind of progressed downwards. Uh then Mr. Barker came to me and and uh, wanted me to recall his firing of uh uh our original director differently than I recalled it. And uh you know, I didn't there again I didn't do it and uh so I looking back now I see that, you know, the writing was on the wall, the warp was in the in the force and um so Eventually, it just, uh, my relationship with Mr. Barker became very strained, and um, he ultimately, um, well, I knew, I knew it was over. My time on the press right was over when I came into my dressing room one day, and there was a uh, Jonathan Goodson, the son of the late Mark Goodson, there in my dressing room. Who's, Jonathan is a lawyer. Uh, and he was there to talk to me about my weight problem, hmm. which at the time I had had, uh, I had been on a prescription medication, which was actually a steroid, and I had gained about 14 pounds, and, and, um, but, uh, I explained to Mr. Goodson that I had gone off the medication and had already, already lost half the weight, and, you know, Everything was going to be fine. And he said, well, you know, why did you go off the medication? I said, well, because Mr. Barker had told me, you know, do whatever it takes, lose the weight. Hmm. And so I knew that what it was going to take to lose weight was to go off my medication. Hmm. And he he 
he kind of became very pale, and he said, did Mr. Barker tell you to go off the medication? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a lawyer would, you know. Right. And I said, no, what Mr. Barker said was do whatever it takes, lose the weight. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, well, so then the next thing I know, um, Mr. Goodson is on the phone with my doctor, and uh, mm-hmm. she told me afterwards that he she was explaining how if I stayed on the medication, it would eventually balance itself out, and I'd quit the weight gain and all. She said, but he just kept asking the same question over and over. Will Holly always have to be on this medication? Hmm. And she said, finally, you know, she just said, well, probably. And he said, thank you very much, hung up. <gasps> and the next, the next working day, Bob Barker came into my dressing room and said, this weight is always going to be a problem. Therefore, you are taking early retirement. And I was like, but, 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 Bob, I've already lost half the weight. We're going on, on hiatus, six weeks of hiatus. I'll, I'll finish losing it by the, and then if I haven't lost it by the time we resume taping, then, then I'll talk to you about early retirement. But I know I could do it. And he just looked at me, cold, dead eyed and said, that is not an option. And I knew, you know, that and as later on i um i was trying to explain women's hormones and things like that to the um to a lawyer for the company you know cuz i didn't want to lose my job and and he's like mhm mhm and i finally said um i i think that it doesn't matter how well you understand women's hormones <laughs> the fact of the matter is if mr barker wants me off the show i'm off the show and he just said you have accurately assessed the situation huh. That was it. So essentially, because you weren't going along with the things that he wanted, remembering things mm-hmm. and telling people uh, that things happened, rewriting history, mm-hmm. he, want, he was looking for an excuse, and there you had to take these well, steroids, and you, you gained weight. And, yeah. And that was, I mean, 14 pounds, you said you're about 6 feet. That's mm-hmm. not really that much weight. No, and that was well within the range that over the 20 years, all of models had gone up and gone down, and, you know. But, but... Bob couldn't very well come and say, I'm firing you because you refuse to perjure yourself. Right. Because whether people should know that is illegal. You cannot be forced to lie in order to save your job or to do anything illegal in order to save your job. And mm-hmm. certainly lying under sworn testimony is, is a felony. And so, and, you know, so he used my recent weight gain as the, the reason for firing me. And then, and of course, um, of course, what Mr. Goodson was concerned about was he didn't want the show to have, to have any liability for your going off the medication right. when you really right. still needed it. Mm-hmm. And so that was what that is. And then when the, he found out that you always would have to take it, um, that was their way of that, that was it. Mm-hmm. There was that was their excuse. But you know what, Carol? When they when I asked Mr. Barker to give me the six weeks of hiatus to finish losing the weight, and he said no. He, that's, uh, he denied me my civil liberties. Mm. He, de- he denied me, he violated my civil liberties by denying me reasonable accommodation for a medical condition. Mm. Mm. And that's against the law. So then they had to quickly scramble and come up with, um, oh, some, they, they had several different reasons for letting me go, um, like downsizing the company, you know, downsizing the show and, you know, 
it, which none of them, none of them flew in the court. In fact, the Court of Appeals actually said in their recent ruling in my favor, they said it was, um, I'm paraphrasing, it was difficult to determine whether the real reason um, for Ms. Hallstrom's um, being let go was because of Mr. Barker's desire to downsize the company or just downsize Ms. Hallstrom. <laughs> yeah. That was very good. Yeah. Well, okay, and then, and then, um, and then, and then, and then, Bob Barker got angry because you started talking about all of this. Well, you know, I had watched him uh, when Diane had sued him. He he got on this media rampage, and he was really wanting to keep the story going. He came to me, and he wanted um, me to to give a list of all of Diane's former lovers to the tabloids, so the tabloids would write a story about her and. And kind of keep wow. the whole Bob and Diane. I don't know what his, you know, his thinking was, but obviously I didn't want to participate in that. And but I had seen, um, you know, this what I called a media smear campaign that that Bob had launched against mm. Diane, and I I suspected that he was going to do the same thing. And they were offering me, you know, they were going to pay me my severance pay, but. I had to sign an agreement saying that I would never say anything uh, derogatory about Bob Barker. And, but Mr. Barker did was not going to sign. He would not have mm. the same restrictions. And I said, "Well, I'll sign it if you know if Bob signs it too." And he wouldn't. Mm. Bob wouldn't sign it. And so I said, "Ooh, I think I know what's coming." And sure enough, before we even finished the negotiations on my uh, on my severance package. Um, I started reading nasty things about myself in the tabloids, and I said, "Oh no, no, no! Here it comes." So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I refused to sign it, sign the hush clause, and therefore I did not receive my severance pay. I walked okay. out with nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, um, when I started, when Mr. Barker started telling people that I had retired, and I'm going, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I'm out here trying to get a job now. I'm unemployed. I've got a driving a ten-year-old car. I've got a thirty-year mortgage. I'm not. I didn't retire. I I issued a press statement saying that no, that what had actually happened was that Mr. Barker told me my weight was a problem and therefore I would no longer be on the show, and that I was devastated. Well, that's when the proverbial poop hit the fan. And uh, for the first time in Price's Right history, Bob Barker was just bombarded with uh, negative, angry, angry mail, hate mail from fans and and viewers and overweight people all over the country. So you know what he did? He he went on national TV and he said I was lying. That weight had nothing to do with my leaving. Weight was never mentioned. I'm like, what? He said that. I had voluntarily retired. I just came in one day and said, I want to retire. And then I had launched this vicious campaign against his good name and reputation. And that, and as if to punctuate it, he was going to sue me for slander. Mm. And he did. Of course, he lost. But in the meantime, he not only told America that I was difficult and problematic and fat and 
no one liked working with me. He also told my industry that. And mm. I never I never worked in Hollywood again. Really? No. Mm-mm. Nope. So wow. that's kind of that is why I went public because I want to clear my name, you know. I am in this in this battle of he said she said, Carol, I want everyone to know now I was the one telling the truth. Well, you know that uh that saying you'll never work in Hollywood again. It's true. Um, sometimes there are some people who can say that and then do things that uh that actually make it happen. It's yes. pretty scary. Yes, very powerful man. Okay, well when we come back we'll uh hear how you fought back. <laughs> My okay. guest Holly Hallstrom, uh the the redheaded Barker beauty on the price is right. You're hearing a story of David versus Goliath and where the table is about to turn. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific time for crust busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. 
business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And I love it how so far at each break we've uh, let you uh, hang <laughs> a cliffhanger with, uh, as we trace the... Um, Story. You see, you, you you look at the prizes right, and you think that it's all wholesome stuff going on there, <laughs> or any kind of game show. You know, this is like uh, oh, as wholesome as American Pie, <laughs> apple pie. There's a lot going on behind door number two, Carol. <laughs> yes, let me tell you. I would imagine. <laughs> and door number one and three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here when we left off, there you were, just about to uh, not in any position to be fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really expecting it when it happened, even though you saw the writing on the wall that Bob Barker was not happy uh, that you weren't going to lie for him. Um, but still, kind of still in a way, these things sort of still have a, a way of coming out of the blue, even when you have all these signs, you know? Oh, I never, I, I knew he was upset with me and annoyed and irritated. I mean, it's really clear when Mr. Barker is not pleased with you. Um, but I never thought it would lead to firing. Yeah, especially not after all those years. Okay, so what did you do next? Um, Well, let's see. I was now unemployed, and I did not get my severance pay after 19 years with the company because I refused to sign the hush clause. So now I was just basically unemployed and broke. And uh, I immediately the big house in the Hollywood Hills. You were telling me all got the house in the Hollywood Hills, the swimming pool. You know, life was great. So I immediately started going out and trying to get a job, and I, you know, was auditioning and auditioning, and it and it 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 finally became clear. I mean, I would, uh, you know, in an audition, you know, you've done well when the casting agent says, you know. Can you come back and read for the producers or read for the mm-hmm. director or whatever? You know, you you did well. Well, by the time I would get home, uh, my agent would be on the phone going, "You know what, Holly? They're going to go a different direction with the character." <laughs> and then a few Those weeks, words later, I'm going, "That's exactly the way I played that woman." You know, and uh, it, the handwriting was on the wall, and. Uh, and I had to make a choice at that part. At that point, Bob had sued me for um, slander, and I had to decide whether or not I was going to stand and fight, or just you know kind of roll over and disappear. You know, as as Diane Parkinson had, and when she uh, she actually gave up her lawsuit. Um, and just kind of disappeared, huh? Because it was too hard to fight all the negative publicity that he was well, creating for her. And and, and there's you know, I don't. Uh, hopefully, you've never been involved in a lawsuit, but it is, it is like going to war. Only yeah. it's a purely psychological battle that goes on every day, year after year after year. And knowing what I know now. Would I do it again? Yeah. Uh, yes, because I know me, and I'm that kind of stand up, speak out, get in your face kind of person. And I would 
definitely do it again, but I would really hope I never have to because <laughs> it's awful. And so I remember Diane said that she had to um, she had to let go of her lawsuit because it was just affecting her health. It was really mm-hmm. damaging her health, mm-hmm. which I, I totally believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Bob, you know, ran out and claimed victory and everything. Mm-hmm. And but there on that, I I really don't know, you know, the the truth of that either. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I just I decided that I was going to. I was going to fight him, and so I sold my house and basically everything, you know, my investments, my portfolio, and, and just everything, and uh, started, you know, getting really serious about this. Uh, right at that time, uh, a bad thing, well, I thought it was a bad thing happened, but my first attorney dumped me as a client. He said I had... My case had no merit, and he dumped me. I'm like, oh, no, you know, I have no attorney. But it turned out to be the best thing that Mm. that could have happened because then I was able to get a good attorney. And, well, actually, I got uh, Nick Alden, who is a great attorney, and Nick Alden is just a pit bull. And he got in there, and he turned everything around. But as you were saying earlier, if you're up against a really wealthy uh, person or a powerful corporation or kind of in my case, I was up against all of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, they can just drag you through court. Mm-hmm. When money's not an option, they just drag you through court. They make motions that they know will be denied, but they're appealable. So when the motion is denied, they take it on appeal. And there's another mm-hmm. two years. You know, and then that, and it just goes on and on and on, and it took a long time, but Nick Alden was able to turn it around, and and this past October, uh, the Court of Appeals reversed seven years of adverse rulings against me. Hmm. I think the only the only really decent ruling I'd had in my favor was on uh, Bob's lawsuit against me. Mm-hmm. He had sued me for slander, and in the case of uh, Barker versus Hallstrom, the court declared me the prevailing party and ordered um, Barker at all to pay uh, tens of thousands of dollars of my legal fees. Pay all my legal fees. It was really great. No, but and he part of that was that he dropped the case before trial. Why was that? What was he afraid of? He didn't want to go to trial. <laughs> Which I had always said, this will never go to trial mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, if if it ever goes to trial, well, put it this way: there, Bob's been since he fired me. He's been sued by six women, and he has not won once. And there's one left, uh, a woman named Linda Rieger. Her lawsuit is still pending, and it's going to be the biggie. And that is because this was a woman, she was just a production assistant, um, but she was also a key witness to, um, you know, she was literally present when Bob told me that I was fired because of my weight, which, of course, he denied and then sued me for slander. And so um, this woman, Linda, literally went into her deposition saying, but if I tell the truth, yeah. I'm going to lose my job. Yes, yes. And she was threatened. 
She was intimidated. She was lied to. But she still went in there, Carol, and told the truth. And, yes, and then she, she did lost her, her job. Yeah. And so, hmm. so when that goes to trial, as I, I believe it will, then America is going to see the real behind the scenes mm-hmm. of The Price is Right. And the real Bob Barker, and, and that's something that I, I just don't believe Mr. Barker can ever let happen. And that's why all all of his other lawsuits have all, quote, settled out of court. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Well, and what about, but you, you you left out one part that I'm dying to know about. What? The living in your car part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, um, you know, the the money from the sale of my house and the my investments and all it only lasted so long and i knew i knew that uh you know this strategy by these you know wealthy defendants these goliaths to drag the little guy through the the system until they break you it 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 is very effective, and when it when it succeeds, it's a it's an abortion of justice, really. And I was determined that was not going to happen to me, and so I I, I never accepted any of the uh, settlement offers they made to me over the years uh, because all of them still contained a hush clause, and I just I kept holding out, and so eventually I got down to the point where I was just totally out of money and um, uh, couldn't couldn't get work because I couldn't find an employer who would let me drop everything and run off to L.A. Mm-hmm. for weeks and months at a time for this legal battle. And so I packed up everything that I would need to live out of my car, and I just traveled in between family and friends and uh, would stay here and there and and when when the settlement when we actually agreed on the settlement and I got that big check, I was living in a friend of mine's garage mm-hmm. apartment, and I had to go through all of my purses to get coins off the bottom so I could buy a gallon of gas to get to the bank to deposit the check. Oh my god! <laughs> I was so broke. Yes, it it all happened at exactly the right perfect time. Well, that is uh, that is very interesting. It was an adventure, Carol. It was yes. definitely an adventure. Very interesting. Well, when we come back, we'll hear about um, what Holly, who has not let this get her down, <laughs> is going to be is doing with her life now, and um, and why. So, stay tuned. My guest, Holly Hallstrom. Um, we're talking about the. Uh, David and Goliath's battle with The Price is Right and Bob Barker. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and stay tuned. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. 
Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch behind door number two. <laughs> we have... <laughs> My guest, Holly Hellstrom, um, talking about her saga uh, in which the little guy did win against Bob Barker and the Price is Right um, after 10 years and uh, living in her car. And 10 long years. Sacrificing, you know, it's not just about living in your car, but obviously um, not being able to get work in Hollywood for 10 years after doing this every day, well, you know. Oh, we'll I have the cushy thing. life, but I have to say, I wasn't actually living in my car. Thank goodness I have wonderful family okay. and friends, and I was living out of my okay. car. Okay. Yes. We'll correct mother, that for the record. Mother, my mother gets so upset. She goes, you didn't live in your car. It sounds like we didn't help you. No, 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 no. I, ha- I had just a wonderful band of and clan of friends and family who... Uh, but you know you can only stay so long. <laughs> yes, and you have to move on. Now, um, during one of the breaks, when I was asking you about what you were doing now, you were talking about how you found that you have a talent for writing and how you wrote a pilot, and you can tell us about that. But as you were telling your story, I was thinking that this would really make a great. Um, well, if I mean, I don't know whether it would. Well, I guess if you didn't call it the prices. I don't know what kind of restrictions. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. The price is wrong. <laughs> so what was really going on behind door number two? Right. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know how how uh, 
real you'd be able to make it or whether it would just kind of be a takeoff on it, but it certainly is an interesting story. Well, actually, Carol, I have been approached uh, to to do a book, and, and um, it would be very easy because all of this is public record now. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got 10 years of, of documentation and statements and, and witnesses and testimony and evidence. So that would be very easy. I do want to get to the point, though, where I never even think about The Price is Right and and, uh, Bob again, except for my friends that I still have on the show, although they can't talk to me because they're afraid they'll lose their job if Bob finds out. But, um, you know, it's it's like a bad, just a bad divorce, bad marriage. You get to the point, you don't want to talk about it. But um, I do think that there is a, um, maybe not necessarily a lesson, but maybe an inspiration uh, there for people to understand that you can stand up, you can speak out, you can, you can fight for your dignity, and there are laws. Now, we all know about, you know, you can't be sexually harassed, you can't be, but people need to know that you can't be, uh, asked to do something illegal just to save your job. And it happens, uh, unfortunately, all the time. And uh, so I, I think there is a good, there is a good um, inspiration there for people who find themselves in, in situations that are just not necessarily even in the workplace, but just hard, you know. It's like, it's like uh, what this, the old saying says, you know, that which does not kill you really beats the crap out of you, you know? <laughs> well, it makes you stronger. That's it. an alternative ending. Well, that's my, that's my, my version of it. But, yeah. And, um, well, but, you know, this, um, this is actually making you stronger, not only in regard to your writing a pilot, but um, you're going to be starting a foundation. Why don't you tell people about that? That is a foundation to provide uh, legal and financial aid to people who find themselves in similar situations as mine where you, the little person, are up against a big, huge, powerful or wealthy individual or corporation and you can have the best lawsuit, you can have been legitimately harmed, you have evidence, you have witnesses, you have testimony, but you it could take 10 years for you to even get that that testimony and the all the evidence heard because of the the manipulability of our legal system and uh so that's what the foundation is designed to do and um that's what i i hope to succeed with it in doing yes well that will will definitely be um a very big help because because it does. It go, it's going on every day in courthouses all over the country, um, where people who you know that where where people aren't willing to last ten years in or out of their car, and they give in at one point, or their or their lawyer doesn't want to continue doing it um, pro bono or or exactly. lending them money or yeah. well, or on contingency. But in the in the uh, situation of a lot of the other women uh, who have sued Bob Barker and um, gotten settlements, um, they, uh, I believe, most of them signed the hush clause mm-hmm. in order to to get their settlement, and so their 
you know, they, they can't speak. They can't, uh, you know, so if in the case, as in the case of Diane Parkinson, when Bob went out and just declared victory, she couldn't say anything. She couldn't rebut it. She couldn't say anything. And people need to understand that um, our, our, our freedom, there's a reason that, that our freedom of speech is the number one, first on the list, amendment mm-hmm. of our Constitution. And it's really important to understand that, that, yes, you can get a lot of money, but you have to sell it off. And, and that's something that you really, really, really need to think about when you are dealing with you know, settlements. Like, I just saw a thing on uh, television the, that several women had been horribly disfigured by this this quack uh, plastic surgeon. And they'd all received settlements, but in the settlement was this hush clause mm-hmm. where they could never discuss or disclose who had done this to them. So consequently, this, this doctor is going off still just, um, what's the word, just... Mutilating. Disfiguring women, yeah. and they can't say. No one can say, "Hey, this guy's great. Don't go to him." You know. So it's something that the people need to be aware of and and need to really consider when you are considering taking a settlement in a lawsuit, or when you're if you're considering going up against taking on a big, huge, you know, bad guy and corporation or something. Yes, and I think that that aspect of it does deserve to be underlined, the fact that you could have stopped way before the 10 years, you could have, um, uh, you know, been sure of, of whatever financial settlement that you had rather than continuing to fight, and yet it was because of your freedom of speech that you yes. did continue, mm-hmm. not knowing um, how it was going to end up. Oh, yeah, no, there was, at one time there was a lot more uh, money being bandied about, but it contained, you know, the the restrictions, and uh, I just, uh, I wouldn't do it. So now, if, um, so now, yes, I can, I can write a book or, um, you know, anything of that nature, Um, but I just kind of want to move on ahead and put all of this behind me. It was uh, was a long, hard battle, and thank goodness I had my lawyer, Nick Alden, because I couldn't have done it without him, and I don't think there are many other lawyers in the country who could have done what he did because he is a brilliant man, an absolute pit bull, and he just bit into Bob Barker's backside and <laughs> never let go. <laughs> and Bob was barking all the way. <laughs> he was barking all the way. and um, Yeah, so it uh, it feels good. I have to say it feels really good that it's over, and I hope... Um, I hope to be able to do some good with it. Well, yes, I think uh, I think that I think that uh, that will be a wonderful thing for you to be able to do. Um, it, it does often also seem like it's particularly women who seem to be at the bottom rung of these kinds of lawsuits or injustices. So, um, yes, we could make it a women's issue. But but you know I uh, there are also men who are Absolutely. being asked to maybe you know maybe uh, bear false witness about another employee yeah. you know in the, if the company's being you know as soon as someone comes at you with that kind of stuff call a lawyer <laughs> right away yeah and yeah. Un, and un, find out what your rights are and understand that you have them yeah and now whether you know you want to just keep your job and, you know, go along with it, that's your choice. Or if you want to stand and fight, that's your choice too. 
Yes, no, it is true um, that people are being asked to do all kinds of things um, to to with the with the threat the mm-hmm. the implicit threat of losing your job if you don't. So, uh, congratulations on winning and well, sticking you, it out. I'm getting up off the couch. I'm <laughs> I feel so much better, doctor. I'm glad. You see, now you can put it behind you. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Although I that. must say, I think uh, a lot of women are, would like to, well, men too. I don't mean to sound sexist, but I think a lot of people, uh, people who watch the show, which I think is probably more women than men, mm-hmm. but anyway, people would be really curious to know some of the things, some of these secrets behind all these doors. But I guess that's something for you to decide in the next few months or so. Yeah, they can. They, you know what? They can read it in my book, which will be titled "What Was Really Going On Behind Number Two." <laughs> I think that would be a great title. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Holly Hallstrom, the uh, red-headed Barker beauty, who um, stood up for her rights and particularly her freedom of speech. And I hope this story has been an inspiration to all of you. So thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 